Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? Hey, everybody, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And the delay is because of the coronavirus. Uh, we are doing, <laughs> we are, no one is in the same room this time. It's like we're all living in LA or Pennsylvania. So uh, today we're, we are, it's a, it's a weird thing that happened on the show. So originally we were going to do an Oscars month. And last week I had the idea of, you know what? We're not going to do a month. There's a lot of other movies we need to talk about. Baseball season's coming up. Let's wrap up Oscars quickly. Let's just call it a trilogy and leave it at that. And I was like, Devin, it's your turn to make us watch something next week. What are you going to make us watch? And originally it was supposed to be I... the, it was supposed to be the Oscars film that you had picked out for us, which was yep. Toy Story 4. Uh-huh. And then we changed it to not the Oscars theme. And then, Devin, what did you pick? For not the Oscars theme? Yeah. I forget what I picked. What it's still pick? to, it, Toy Story 4. The movie we oh, were about to talk about. I just about. picked Toy Story 4 again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so, like me. Oh, yeah. it, I made the joke that, you know, we could have just ended the Oscars thing with the trilogy. But no, let's go ahead and add a fourth one, just like Toy Story 4 did. So here we are talking about Toy Story 4. Um. This is a film that yeah. I had not seen until the podcast. Ryan, had you seen this before the podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I say that like the Kool-Aid man. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Devin, since this is your pick, I will throw it to you, and you can go ahead and talk about the first time you saw this. All right. So, I mean... I obviously am a Disney Pixar fan. Um, I saw this in theaters probably opening day, if not like as early as I possibly could. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, but I have a couple of problems with it. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. So I think that it'll have a lot of pretty interesting discussion. So now that I've heard you guys, like, and, and you know, when you saw it, I'd like to know what you thought about it. Just in generalities, we don't need to go anything, into anything specific just yet. Ryan, you go first. Okay, okay, that's fine. Um, I believe we rented it when it came mm-hmm. out for Amazon. We definitely didn't see it in theaters, and it was something like people like built it up. Some people hated it. Some people liked it. Um, I end up really loving it. I mean, Devin, to your point, like it's not the perfect film, um, but for what this movie does, it doesn't have to be. And out of the four, it's one of my, I mean, saying it's one of the better ones, in my opinion. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. Okay. So I don't feel like this movie should have been made because Toy Story 3 was such a great (laughs) way to end the series. I will say that I enjoyed this much more than I expected. I have issues with it. I have a hot take that I've been teasing you guys with all week. Um, I don't know if it's even that much of a hot take, but I have I have <laughs> a, ma- a, a main criticism of this movie. Um, but I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, it definitely runs the gambit of emotions. Um, it's probably one of the better Pixar sequels that they have made, but I think you can say that for most of the Toy Story movies. Actually, all of the Toy Story sequels I think have been pretty solid, so um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I have issues with it, but we'll get into that, so. Yeah. 
All right, so let's talk about just the setup of what's going on in the movie. And, and let's see, like, what we thought about that. So the movie sees um, everybody in Bonnie's. So Toy Story 3 left off. They are now Bonnie's toys. And they're now kind of adjusting to life with Bonnie. And at some point before kindergarten, they decide to go on a road trip. Bonnie makes, makes like, literally makes a new friend named Forky. We see a couple of new characters in this. Uh, we run into some old characters. But the main kind of crux of it is we have to get Forky back to Bonnie uh, after they kind of park at this, like, fair slash um, antique store town. Um, that's really all we see in it. we got to get Forky back to Bonnie, and we have to decide what we're going to do now that we've run into, basically, Bo Peep from the first movie. So... Was this a good setup for G- for you guys? Is this what you expected the movie to be? Did we want to see more plot, more places? You know, what did you guys think of the overall setup of the movie? Okay, so I feel like there's a lot going on there, and it might be a little bit too much to get into it. So okay. you've got the Forky thing, you've got the Bo Peep lost toy aspect of the story, and you've got Buzz off doing his own thing. I feel like it, the Forky aspect of this movie alone is what intrigued me from the get-go. Like, the whole, oh, what makes a toy? Like, you can just throw all these things together and then it, it just comes to life as a toy. Like, I think that's a whole very interesting aspect of this film that doesn't really get touched on because it, it dives right into the whole, oh, hey, look, it's Bo Peep from the first two movies. Remember her? Um, and I feel like I would, I would have wanted to explore the, uh, Bo Peep stuff a bit more than we did. So I, I like that. I, I think it's a good idea to kind of break stuff up. Um, what Ryan, what did you feel about the por- the forky aspect of it? I kind of what Alan was saying, like there was a lot going on. Like you had the thing going on with Bo Peep. You had the thing with forky mm-hmm. and like what makes a toy, what makes a toy come to life. Um, but I feel like they answered that in the film. Cause I mean, like she makes it, she writes her name on it. She plays with it. And I feel like that's what gives it. It's like a, a toy. It's spirit per se. And that's what makes it come to life. Okay. And then, and then it comes to life. You have the whole trash thing. And then Woody has to explain trash. And we'll probably get into that later. The thing with Bo Peep, um, for what it was, I mean, the fact that she's, like, enjoying this, like, free, almost like a single life, um, like, not having a kid, it, I feel like they touched on it as much as they had to, because they also had to throw in the whole, like, frustration with the parents dealing with Bonnie losing her toys all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... Introduce a couple of new kind of, like, main character toys, right? So Forky is one of them. And then we also have uh, Bunny and Ducky, I think they're called. It's Key and Peele. And yes. I could never not see them as Key and Peele, honestly. I I loved them. I loved they were my – that's what I was going to ask. Who was your favorite of the new toys? Because mine was Key and Peele, hands down, like way more than Forky. Yeah, definitely, definitely um, Key and Peele. Like I could just watch a whole movie of just the two of them together. I liked Forky. Yeah, I, I did like Forky. Don't get me wrong. I liked Forky. I, no, no, yeah, yeah. I think, um, uh, what's his name? Tony Hale. I don't yeah. know why that escaped me for a second. Tony Hale did a great job as Forky. Like that's that character is straight, um, straight Tony Hale. Perfect casting yeah. there. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, when it comes to to, to the new characters, I liked Forky more than I liked the plush. The Cane and Pale. Did I say their names oh, right? Oh, wow. I don't think I said their names right. Keen, doesn't Keen Keen Peel? Peel? It's, it's close. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, I did close enough. I mean, I liked Forky more than them. I felt that they were a good comic relief, but that was about it. Okay. Okay, so I think my problem with Forky, because I didn't glom onto Forky as fast as everyone else did, the whole I need to be trash part of his character got really old for me really fast. I, I lo- like that they did it. Yeah. But, ugh. I looked at it as the equivalent of Buzz thinking he was a space ranger. Exactly. Okay. I so, wonder if that's something that like a toy just has to go through for a bit. Like well, you think Woody he, thought he was a cowboy for a while? This is one of my notes. I think it. De- 
I think it depends oh, on the toy, personally. This, this is one of yeah. my notes. Okay, so Woody and Buzz have a moment where Woody Buzz asks Woody, "How do you know what you're doing? Like, what what are you?" Woody pretty much says, "I I listen to the voice inside my head." He's like, "You have a, mm-hmm. like, well, who is it?" He's like, "Oh, it's my conscious." Buzz obviously does not have that because he's very confused by that whole concept and just starts pushing his button, which I thought was a great gag. Um, mm-hmm. It just starts pushing his buttons that do the voice controls. Um, which makes me wonder, is it just a maturity thing that Woody has a conscious and Buzz doesn't? And then, like, is it because Woody's been around since the 1950s, Buzz has been around since 1996, and before he just came out of the trash? Like, do you think that comes with age for these toys? Like, that's what I wanted to get into in this movie, and they don't touch it at all. They skip around it, and the fact that this movie has 11 credited writers on IMDb kind of shows. Wow. I think some of those are for the original characters, so mm. let's say it has at least eight. That's still a lot. Yeah. I know they had some production production issues on this, because at one point, Rashida Jones was writing the story. When they first announced this, it was... Rashida Jones is writing the new Toy Story movie. She was co-writing with wow. some other people, and obvious. I don't. Th- she left the project at one point. Wow. Because um, I think this was back when John Lasseter was still at Pixar. Oh, so, that's awkward. But yeah, so I really wanted to get into the what makes a toy a toy, and I guess I can go watch a Carlin Brothers YouTube channel figure out what, what, what it is and how it fits into the Pixar theory. But I wanted them to explore that in the movie. No. And I'm exactly, that's exactly right. Because it does bring up a lot of questions about like, where do toys get their morality? Where do they get their personality from? Like more so than the first one, and even like, why are they toys? And like, I mean, Ryan said that the movie answers that question. And for some reason, I didn't feel like I walked out of the theater with that answer. Like I I was like, was it the googly eyes? Can you throw googly (laughs) eyes on anything? And it's a toy. No. Like, <laughs> and, like, I mean, maybe I was literally waiting for Woody to turn to the camera and be like, it's because Bonnie wrote his her name on his feet or something like that. And then, I'd like, that's the answer I got. I think it's a combination of when something is purposely made for a child, regardless mm-hmm. if it's on assembly line or not, there's an intention there for it to be played with and for it to give a kid happy memories. And that's what Woody was trying to explain with Forky about the whole, like Bonnie being his trash or Bonnie being trash because he was made from trash. So Mm -hmm. because he was made from trash, his initial like want or drive is to be thrown away. And that's why he was constantly trying to jump into garbage cans, which to me was a great gag throughout the entire thing. I laughed every time it happened. Um, But and that, uh, but but and then that goes into explaining with you know uh, with Buzz. He was designed uh, to be a toy with with a mission, with a mission statement. So of course, when he becomes alive or becomes alive, he carries that out, and he thinks he is. That's why I believe it was Toy Story two, where they go to Al's Big Barn, the toy store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where they go into the aisle and all of the Buzz Lightyears are Buzz Lightyear. They don't think they're a toy. They think they're legitimately Buzz Lightyear. And it's because he had a mission statement. And I think Woody's been around so long that he's been able to develop through trial and error in life, uh, in life experience, like us, to mature and get a conscious. And that's how you know right from wrong. Just living through life, having your parents, you know, show you what's right from wrong or you know, or your guardian from right or wrong. And mm-hmm. that's how you develop that. And Buzz still needed to, to develop that to a point. And Forky was so young that he needed to learn that, Hey, you're a toy now. Like you've got to look at Bonnie this way. And yeah, and that's what you're here for. So to me, even though they didn't directly say any of this stuff by actions and by nods, that's how they, to me, that's how they answered everything. Okay, I, yeah. you know what? I can buy that. So you mentioned throwing him away, and that you liked that the whole time. And I'm going to bring up one of my one of my first biggest problems with this movie. Okay, guys, what do you think about the Randy Newman song? It, okay, so watching this movie, I just couldn't stop picturing 
Marriage Story. <laughs> Why? No, nah, I'm, I'm just making a joke because I said oh. Marriage Story made me think of Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw it. The first time I heard that song was at the Oscars. And like I, like I do a Randy Newman impression that's not great all the time. But like I just... I I can't take him seriously anymore. Like I, I just it's it's fine. It's nowhere near as good as any of the songs from the first two Toy Story movies. Yeah. Um but I think the score was good. The score had elements of other songs from the previous movies that I really enjoyed the callbacks to. Um mm-hmm. I thought it was a fine musical number. Um I guess it makes sense that we only had the one because I don't even think Toy Story three had any to- musical number, did it? Just the montage at the no, end, I don't... right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, Ryan, did you like the song? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it fit. Like to me, this is like like the first Toy Story. The first Toy Story I watched the most, and then mm-hmm. this is probably for me tied with three, and then. Wow. I watched the second one the least, but watching the second one the least it doesn't mean I don't like it. I love the second one. Like, all of these movies, to me, are almost on the same tier. Oh, wow. So, I mean... We will you know. rank the, we will rank our Toy Story movies by the end of this, oh, just so you know. absolutely we will. Have a problem with me, like usual. <laughs> I'm telling you now, so you can figure it out. So... <laughs> Alright, so Ryan, you would also mention Buzz a couple times. I'm yeah. going to bring up another pet peeve of this in the form of a question, and then I'll give mine at the end. How did you like Buzz in this movie? Because Ryan mentioned that his his main plot is he has the voice inside his head, and he's trying to make sense of what Woody meant by voice inside his head. He doesn't have one, so he's using his push buttons. What yeah. did you think of him? I thought that was a good gimmick, just like Alan said. You know, like it was funny the first couple times he did it. Uh, throughout mm. the rest of the movie, I mean, it did get kind of tiresome. Like, towards the end, I would have liked maybe, like, instead of that last time that they had him use it, maybe mm-hmm. he kind of, like, gets it. And through trial and error of using the buttons, he realizes that, oh, hang on a second, I just, I don't, I don't need these. This isn't what Woody was talking about. I know I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And then he does that. I feel like that might have been better if I was in the writer's room or if I was in charge of production. That's what I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the writers went. So, I mean, I kind of wish that they would have developed his character a tiny bit more, but I feel like at the very end, when he when he tells Woody she'll be okay, and he had to emphasize that he meant Bonnie's going to be okay, that he can stay yeah. with Bo Peep, um, I that's probably where the writers meant for that to happen, where he did need to touch the buttons to know what the right thing was. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it needed to be a little bit more obvious than that. And this is coming from somebody that absolutely hated the ending to 10 Cloverfield Lane because I felt like they shoved it in your face. So I just, (laughs) for for perspective on people listening. Here's the thing, though, with that. Like, you just kind of changed my opinion on the Buzz storyline. Like, I liked it, but the the whole button thing was annoying to the point. I was such a blubbering baby at the point where Buzz says to... uh, to Woody that he can go with Bo Peep that I'd even pick up on that's the first time he doesn't push the button. Yeah, Damn it, Pixar! Push, push yeah. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's where the writers meant for that to happen. I just wish it would have happened earlier so right. that for people <sighs> like Alan who get really emotional at these kind of movies... Because I have that a heart. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I have a heart, too. I just know what's entertaining. You know, I just... It's, it's a Toy Story movie. I had no. my cry moment in in the third one, and, and had my cry moment in this one. So, I, like, you know. all right, uh, okay. What? No, let's talk about it. We're three grown men. How yes. many times did we cry, and at what point? The only time I cr- <laughs> the only time I teared up was when Buzz and Woody are saying goodbye to each other. When Buzz turns and is like, "No, Bonnie will be okay." I was like, "That's when I messaged you guys." Damn it! Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then I said Ryan, that, same thing. Yeah, it's 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 at the same point because I yeah. mean, at this point in our lives, we've had really really close friends, and just life has you know pulled us apart. I mean, I know that there's guys that I used to hang out with every day when I was in high school and college, and we hardly talk anymore. 
And, you know, I know that, you know, that connection's still there, even though we don't really talk that much. But, I mean, still, like, things change. Your group of friends and the people you interact with all the time change. And it hurts. It Well, it doesn't hurt. It hits. You know, it, I, it hits you. And that's where that... Uh, and that's where it hit me. I think, for me, that was part of it. I think part part of... More, more of it, for me, was just that relationship. I grew up with Toy Story 1. I remember in kindergarten, like, being bored on the bus because my seat partner got off, like, at the first stop. So I had the seat to myself, and I would just go through the first Toy Story in my head, line for line. Yes. So, like, these movies have meant so much to me throughout my whole life. So 20-plus years of Woody and Buzz and Woody and Buzz and Woody and Buzz and seeing that actually end. Like I knew, I knew Woody was leaving the toys at the, at the end of the movie. I had that spoiled for me because the internet is the internet. So I knew what was, I knew what was coming, but just actually seeing it and having it hit the way it did. I just wasn't emotionally prepared for because these two characters, even though they're toys mean so much to me. Yeah, I mean, and it's been the same way for me. I mean, I think that's why the the end of the third movie hit me so hard, though, is because, like, it was an ending for all of the toys, and this was an ending for just Buzz and Woody. Yeah. And honestly, I think it almost refocuses what this trilogy, well, now, four movies, I don't know what what's four movies? Uh, One one too many. Yeah, quadrilogy, Uh, whatever it is. um, I think it refocuses what it was about. Because I think if you ended it at three, it's Andy's relationship with the toys and there's with Andy. And then it ends when they get passed on and, you know, you can fill in the blanks. But I think ending it here puts the focus on Buzz and Woody's relationship and it makes it so this is a, a, tri- a four movie series about Buzz and Woody's relationship and not about Andy. And I think it which kind is, of changes the focus. Which is what the first movie was about. It was about Woody and Buzz and their relationship. And it was about Woody getting over the fact that he may not be the first, you know, like the best toy. Yes, Andy's there. But I mean, it's just it's just it's just like a war movie. The war itself is not the movie. Saving Private Ryan, World War II is not what the storyline is about. It's there, yes, and it's driving the storyline, yes. But the actual movie is about Tom Hanks and this group of guys trying to save one soldier. Mm. Andy and Toy Story is World War Two, per se. It's never about him. It's never really about him. He's just the driving force in the storyline between Woody and Buzz. No. And Toy Story 3 was a very good way to end it for all of the toys, but there really wasn't that, you know, that, like, ending I don't for think, those two. I don't think Toy Story 4 is about Woody and Buzz at all. I think that moment at the end is. I think this movie is about Woody and moving on from Andy and be, like moving on to the next phase of his life with the love of his life, Bo Peep. I think it's a, it's a Woody Bo Peep movie, not a Woody and Buzz movie at all. Could be both. I, I, I mean, can see that though. I because, mean, because most how, of the focus <laughs> is on them. Cause there, yeah. there's maybe three scenes with Woody and Buzz in this together where they yeah. actually have dialogue. Like it's not that many, like it, the main focus here is Bo Peep. And so it's Tom Hanks and Annie Potts talking. And then you just have most of, uh, Tim Allen's dialogue in this is just the buttons on the Buzz Lightyear suit. Like, <laughs> they, there's not much yeah. buzz in this movie. One of my main critiques of this movie is I could always use more Buzz Lightyear. Do you think that's enough Buzz Lightyear? No, I want more. Give me more buzz. <laughs> and I'm not that person. I mean, I mean, granted, yes, when it comes to screen time, Woody and Bo Peep definitely have the most screen time. And that's, I mean, it's a movie about Woody leaving the whole aspect of having a kid. Yeah. Um. And the very end is about Buzz and Woody splitting. But that was my whole answer before was to Devin's question about, you know, that whole look on Buzz and Mm -hmm. Woody and the other toys and Toy Story 3 and all that other thing. But yeah, no, this movie's definitely about Woody finding Bo Peep and deciding and just, you know, realizing that for a toy, having one kid isn't necessarily you know, the only way to live. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the perfect example is with those three GI Joe men Uh, being, being, they are combat Carl's. 
Combat Carls. G.I. Joe Men. We don't they don't Pixar doesn't have money for that license. They barely even put Barbie in this movie. Which I need to say, for anybody who watched this movie and did not wait to the very, very, very end after the credits, the the combat Carl in white gets a high five. That was my favorite running joke of this whole movie. Yes. The, the combat Carl in white finally gets a high five at the very, very, very end of the credits. I don't think I watched so Who high fives him? Uh, it, it, you know, I, I completely forget, but all I know is that he runs out in front of the, like, Pixar or, like, one of the, like, uh, company logos at the end. Yeah. And he runs out and he gets a high five from someone, but I completely forget who it is. But I, but was, I remember being so happy for him because he looked so sad. He looked so <laughs> sad that he was just, you know, like he put his, he put his hand up to Woody and Woody just didn't see him. And he was just like awkwardly there, you know, just kind of like the awkward kid in class who's like, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> oh, I've been that awkward kid. That's why I related to the joke so much. Yeah. Um, okay. You guys ready for my hot take? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about what this movie's about and, like, the main uh-huh. purpose of this movie. I don't think it has anything to do with story. I think the majority of this reason, the, re- the reason this movie exists is for Pixar to show off their new tech and how good they've gotten at doing rain and stuff. Holy and I shit, think, yes. I think that's the same reason they remade The Lion King photorealistic. I think this is just Disney showing off what they can do. I think that's a big part of it. They took major franchises that they knew would make money and showed off their new technology and put out the best story that they could. I think Toy Story 4 is much stronger story-wise than The Lion King is. I haven't seen The Lion King yet. I almost did for today's show. But what do you guys think of that? What do we think of the way this one looks compared to the other three? Ron, why don't you go first here? Because I, I, I want to I hear yours before I make you mad. Uh, I think personally that, um, they didn't just make this to show off their tech, uh, but it looked amazing. Like the rain looked great. Um, being in the, being in the, uh, antique mall, which we're going to get into cause I really want to talk about all of that. But, uh, when it comes to like the dust floating in the air, uh, the sun coming in and hitting all of the like chandelier type stuff, like it looked amazing. It really, really did. I don't think they partially just made this to show that stuff off. I almost disagree. I really liked the effects to the point where like when I first saw like RC car getting stuck in the water, like in the drain when Woody was trying to get him with Slinky Dog, like it looks almost photorealistic, which is Mm -hmm. bananas. Almost to the point where it now makes number one hard for me to watch. I even started number one after this and I went, is this really that good? Or like, did I just kind of ignore it? And like, oh my God, like, Human characters look horrifying in number one. Like, it's, it's, they do. Not all, as they all, do. All of, all of the kids at Andy's birthday party in the first one are just models of Andy. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just different no, clothes. And like, the, the photorealistic thing is jarring compared to the other movies. Like I, The main reason I think they just use this to show off what they can do is because... They can com- you can compare and contrast how far they've come over the years because you have these different staple points of this is what Woody looked like in 1995, this is what Woody looks like in 2020, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's a necessarily the bad thing. I think they were going to make Toy Story four anyway because they made how many billions of dollars last year? Oh uh, yeah. This this movie was one of the ones that broke a billion, so they were going to make a billion dollars with the story no matter what. Like people are going to go see a Toy Story movie. Um, but I don't like I. I'm just tired of Pixar sequels. Like I'm excited that they're finally starting to do new stuff again with Onward and Soul and like mm-hmm. I'd much rather see new Pixar than sequels or prequels or whatever else they're working on. So I mean I'm right there with you. All right. So Ryan asked about it, and I do want to bring it up. So in every movie or every Pixar movie they always do something to kind of push the envelope on what they think they're capable of doing. Yes. So in Finding Nemo, it was water. In Brave, they made a whole new engine just to handle Mareta's hair. And in this one, it was the antiques. So they, 
the antique store was like a physically mapped place on a computer. It contained hundreds, if not thousands, of uniquely rendered individual items and was really like a graphical powerhouse and was something that like we couldn't have done two years ago or I guess three years ago. So what did I mean, it was really the main set piece of the movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what did we think about it? Ryan, I know you want to talk about it. We meet a lot of characters there. There's so much that happens in this thing. The amount of time Kristen and I spend going to antique malls, because it's fun. You never know what you're going to find. You find the craziest stuff, and it's fun to treasure hunt, even if you don't buy the stuff, because it's crazy the things that you find. Um, it was perfect. Perfect, 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 perfect. Down to the lady running it, to the way it looked. You could almost smell it, because I've been in antique malls that look almost exactly <laughs> like that. Um, the dust hanging in the air, the cobwebs on the power, like, uh, on the power outlets behind the bookshelves, because nobody ever cleans back there. Um, it, just the random bookshelves, the random assortment of stuff. And remember the picture that I sent you guys? Is is in the group chat a couple months ago of like <laughs> no. that dummy that was sitting on the chair. Wait, which one? I sent you guys a picture uh-huh. of because Kristen and I found this antique mall in Chambersburg, and you know the dummies that they had in the movie. Oh those, like, yeah, four dummies? Oh. I saw the exact one that that they used for this movie, sitting on a chair in a booth or in one of the like squared off areas at a, at an antique mall that was set up almost like this one. And oh, it was wow. just like, oh my god, because that thing's creepy as hell. Like, I okay. love the reactions that people have to those things. They're, it's perfect. I love that entire setup. Everything they did for that scene was just perfect to somebody that actually goes to those places. I want to agree with Ryan on all of that, because him and his wife and my, me and my wife have double dated to go to antique stores before. Like, it, that's the thing that's, that has happened. Um, uh, so yeah, I really think they nailed that on the head like it, it's perfect for an antique store my biggest complaint was the woman who runs it was like oh no one ever buys the toys anyway i was like that's all i buy like when i go to the antique stores that's all i buy like <laughs> i've got like a bunch of power rangers and stuff from the 90s that i got at antique stores like i'm always looking for that stuff um so let's talk about the dummies once because i have i have one last note here um oh, did you guys notice the song when Forky and Woody are put in the carriage with Gabby Gabby and the dummies. No. Ryan, did you? Oh my God. I'm trying to remember. Okay. So the song is Midnight, the Stars, and You from The Shining. Uh, wow. It's the song from the end of The Shining, and I can't believe I'm the one who picked up on that. I love that. Yeah. I don't um, pick up th- on music that much. <laughs> Well, that's not the first time they reference The Shining in Toy Story movies. No, it's I mean, not. I think you guys have all seen, like, in Toy Story 1, they have, like, that same patterned carpet in Sid's house. Yeah. yeah. Hotel. Um, so, we mentioned her quick. What did you guys think of Gabby Gabby as the bad guy? Girl. Bad woman. Whatever. See, Doll. the thing is, with me, Honor, the first time you're watching it, the first time you're mm-hmm. watching the movie, you're like, she's evil. She's going to do something bad. And then, you know, she's after Woody's voice box. And you're like, oh, great. This is going to be horrible. But then by the end of the movie, you end up rooting for her because you understand why she's doing everything. So now when I watch it after the first time I watched it, like I, I don't see her as being evil. I'm not mad. You know, you know, it's like I don't see her that way. It's, it's actually mm-hmm. kind of pitiful. Like I feel bad for her now watching yeah. the movie. And it's kind of like waiting for her pr- progression to get there. I I think this movie has a lot to say about social relationships and where you can, where you, the different kinds of relationships you can have and what you want. So like, there's the whole, Mm -hmm. like look at Woody, like Woody's with a kid. It's not his first kid. So he's not as happy as he could be. Bill Peeps like doesn't, doesn't have a kid, doesn't want one. But then you have Gabby Gabby, who's never had a kid because she's been dysfunctional since they opened her box but she really wants mm. for that. So you have all these different characters wanting different kinds of relationships when it comes to kids and toys. So I, th- I feel like there's a commentary there about different lifestyle choices that you can have in life, whether it be being married, being single, single being part of a throuple, uh, having kids, not having kids. I feel <laughs> like it's, there's a lot of... They, it, there are diff- different strokes for different folks, pretty much, is what it comes comes down to. So... 
I really like that aspect of her story because they've done the evil toy too many times. Yeah. Because Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. and 3 is just the Prospector, Pete, and Lotso are just straight up evil. Yeah, so. I mean, they try to give them some semblance of motivation, but, like, not really. Like, they end up just being more evil than relatable. Yeah, and, yeah, and they like, get no redemption. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, especially Pete. Like, I don't really think there was any, like, when they try to explain Pete's, like, reason for being the way he is, it's like, really? That's what sets you off? Yeah, you, like, you put something really? in there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then was when it comes to Lotso, like, I can kind of understand it, but then again, with, with him, I feel like he got what he deserved at the end. Not yeah. that he deserved any, like, type of redemption, like, storyline. What happened to him but at when the it end? Came to, I've only seen uh, Toy Story. He, he got tied months. to the front of a garbage truck. Okay, that's what I thought. With Sid, got it. Yeah, um, he got tied to the front of a garbage truck. But when it comes to Gabby, like it's like at first she comes off like this, you know, like she's a little weird, like she's evil. But then it was like, hang on a second, no, she she just wants this one thing. Like that's yeah. all she wants. She just, you know, she's been stuck in this antique mall forever, and she really doesn't know how to handle, you know, like social. You know, I guess uh, social cues. I guess she was a little <laughs> slow to pick up on, and I think that's where she was. She just needed that interaction with other toys that you know would actually spend the time to get to know her. Granted, she kind of forced them to get to know her, but I mean, there's that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think the part that we talked about, like parts that made us cry, I definitely cried at the end. One of the parts that, like, I I definitely shed a tear, uh, is when. Gabby Gabby finally gets a voice box. She meets the kid. There's this moment and the kid throws her in the box. Destiny. And like, it's just, oh man, it's that like that feeling of like I've been working so hard for this. I've, you know, done everything I need to. I've done the whole ends justify the mean things and have been not great just to get this end result and it still didn't work out my way. Like I've been there before and that feeling sucks and is so relatable. Yeah, no. It... It definitely is. I mean, I had that with Walmart to a point. Like, I was with them for 12 years, and I was like, you know, I can go to management. I can do this. And Mm -hmm. Alan can vouch for this. Like, it was the worst year and a half of my, you know, of my working life. And then what happened happened. And it was one of those things where it's like, I thought I could do this. There were people who did that job that I knew that I was better than them. And Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't do it because because of the situation I was in. And I had to reassess, you know, what what, what I was going to do with my working career. And I landed in something that I didn't think I'd ever land in, and I'm happier than ever. Yeah. I I mean, I think I have that to a certain extent, too, with careers changing on a dime. Yeah. um, But... Okay, I've got a question for you guys, because I'm a bit confused about this. And I want to get your opinions. How many dummy dolls were there? Four. Oh, four. There were. Four. I was going to say five. There were four. Walk. Ooh, there might have been five. No, see, that's there was one. I spent the first half of this movie thinking there were three, and then all of a sudden there was a fourth one. I'm like, wait, what? Because in the carriage, they only introduce three of them. Right. So I don't know. But then in the in the gang shot where they go to like hold Woody down, isn't there yeah. more than three though? I, I think it's, I think it's, I only counted four, but okay. I don't know. Like, it's kind of confusing. Like it, I feel like if you're going to introduce the the dummies at the beginning at the carriage ride, and I'm pretty sure they only introduced the three there. I think it should just be three the whole time. I think they should all be there. I, I'm completely with you there. Um, it does get confusing. I was just curious about what you guys, where, where, where you guys, how many you thought there were. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the the new voice cast that they got in this one, because we we haven't talked about um, Keanu Reeves at all. I was yep. Yeah, we have to talk about Keanu Reeves. Uh, what's the name of his character again? Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Um, that was Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> that makes it so much better. It makes it so much. Better. <laughs> I love that the last thing he says in the movie is just. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's so it, it fits so well. Um, I've seen the I, video of him doing the recording, and he's just having a ball. 
it it comes across in the character so much because like whenever he's on screen he's like all you care about on screen yeah um he was good uh i think christina Hendricks as gabby gabby was really good i like her in a lot of things um yeah i need to get caught up on good girls but i really enjoy her in that Oh, I didn't know she's in that. Uh, yeah, she's the one who's not Retta or the girl from Independence Day. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I mean, I think as far as new voice cast is concerned, like, man, freaking Key and Peel knock it out of the park. I mean, I think they all do. I think all of the new cast does a great job. I think even the old cast, considering some, most of them are dead, did a really good job in this, too. Uh, Ooh, oh, boy. Like, yeah, it, what did you think about that? Okay, so I know that they had Don Rickles' voice in this, even though he died three years ago. Mm-hmm. And they just used recordings wow. of him from other sessions. But Which I'm pretty you sure. Kind of tell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mr. Potato Head says one line this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I just looked it up. It's four dummies. Is it four dummies? Okay. Oh. Yeah. So I'll catch up with what you guys were talking about later then. But Alan, keep on going. Sorry. No, we're, no. We're, <laughs> um, so yeah, Don Rickles wasn't around for recording of this movie. I don't think Mrs. Potato Head said anything in this. One of my biggest complaints is, like, if we're revisiting the toys of Toy Story, I want to visit the toys that I know a little bit more. They didn't really give a lot yeah. of them much to do. Even even some of um, Bonnie's toys we didn't get a lot of. Like, we got a few moments yeah. with Jeff Garland's unicorn and one moment of Timothy Which, Dalton. To me, after when it comes to what they did in Toy Story 3, I'm fine with who they utilized and who they didn't utilize in this one. Simply because I feel like those characters, like, they kind of told you who they were, but they really weren't important to the storyline. So, I mean, I feel like they did a good job dealing with her toys. Since Alan only saw the third one once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I also did appreciate, uh, what was it, the Triceratops, Trixie? Um, yeah. Who, it's Christian. Shaw. What's name? Skull, Shaw. Yeah. I think she's an amazing voice actor, and I like her in everything. Like, I think there's not a time that I've ever like, seen her or heard her in anything that she's not one of my favorites she's and fine i know they don't 30... use trixie to she's fine in 30 fine rock where? i apps 30 rock i absolutely hated her huh? character though i don't remember her character in 30 rock she was the uh the page that takes over for kenneth in like the last season or two. Oh yeah who's like crazy and like in the live show she like tears a picture of the pope up <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right yeah um yeah, I liked her. I, just, I love her line in this where she's like, I have a question. Actually, I have all the questions. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, so do I. Good job. And they never got answered. Uh, I, no. I liked her as the GPS. I thought that whole sequence was entertaining. Yeah. Because you got the dad being like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, and Mrs. Potato Head's like just pulling wires apart and putting them back together underneath. <laughs> All right, so that that, that scene bugged me a little bit. Like, as a weird Toy Story purist, it looked like looked like they had more agency to act or interact around humans in that scene than they have in all of the other three. And I don't, I don't, I, I think it made me a little uncomfortable. I think they, I don't know, they I, do that. They do that a lot in this movie with Buzz yelling, "You left your backpack!" Like, yeah, um, yeah, they they definitely get I, a little bit looser with the the rules. So as a, if you're going to call yourself a toy story purist, let's do it. That that's an issue. Let's do it. Say that that's an issue. Then you have to throw out the whole scene in toy story one where all of the toys go after Sid. So if no. they can come to life and freak out a kid, then they can do whatever they want around humans. No, like they can that, interact and move as much as they want. It's not going to bother me. That's face to face. I feel like this is the, this is a larger scale than the Sid thing because they're taking control of a vehicle with with three people in it, but not exposing themselves. I feel like it's a lot riskier. Like this, the Sid thing. Like, yeah, he's going to be in therapy and become a, a trash man when he grows up. But <laughs> the Sid thing is like, if he told an adult that, they would just brush him off and just send him to therapy. This is just all of the toys working together to pull off this major con. 
and they could get found out very easily. So I feel like it it's on a larger scale than the Sid thing. Cause they, I, and they, they, they've built to it cause they do the Sid thing in one. They steal the, the pizza, pizza planet truck in two. Oh yeah. Um, I forget what they do in three, but I, I, I think it's just on, I, maybe it is on par with what they've done before. It's just, it's gutsier. I think part of it was, I just wondered how the hell the dad talked his way out of that. Cause like, yeah, I don't know. The cop was like, I, I, if I was a cop, I'd be like, all right, you're going to jail. You drove this into well, the middle of a working carnival. The thing is to me, there have been times when vehicles have gone nuts. Like, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but there was a time when Toyota Priuses, the accelerators were getting stuck and you had right. people that were on their brakes on the highway trying to get a car that was trying to like go 110 and they were trying to slow the thing down to 80. And there were a few cop chases where the police were chasing the vehicles and then they saw that the brakes were red. So, so they knew that they, the person wasn't in control. So they just tried to get Mm -hmm. people out of their way until the vehicle did eventually just die. And that's happened a few times. And the fact that like the horn was going, the lights were flashing, he was yelling out the window. I mean, I mean, granted, like the, the, the the cop was definitely irritated, which they did a great job on depicting that police officer because he was perfect. But, um, uh yeah i just think it was the i just think all all the dad had to do was just act as frustrated and as confused as he was and apologize and promise that they were leaving right then and there and i feel like that was it yeah i mean that could be true i don't know it just i think i think the idea of my car just driving itself is a scary thing for me like i think i i think this movie exposed a phobia of mine or a fear of mine and to be honest out of the three of us, you have a car that's most likely to do that. <laughs> that's why I do it, Ryan. I like living on the edge a little bit. <laughs> I want my electric car to take a mind of its own at some point. If my car ever starts driving itself, it is just a demon possessing it. <laughs> Itty bitty <laughs> tiny demon, but it's a demon. Um, there have been movies about that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Christine. Uh I love that car. Okay. That car. <laughs> so let's talk about, I like how I, I've got like a Wilson thing going on right now in the video chat. Um, oh yeah, you do. So let's rank our toy story movies. Devin, since you're the, to- the Disney buff, you get to go first. All right. Number three is number is my first one. My second one is number four. My third one is number two. And my fourth one's number one. Okay. That was that was confusing, but yes. it goes four, three, two, one. It goes backwards, or no, three, four, two, one. That's it. Okay, so three is your favorite. Yeah, three, four, two, one. Yeah. What one is your least favorite? Why is one your least favorite? Yeah. Again, I just I I can't go back and it's hard for it's harder for me to go back and watch it and like not not like it's hard for me to go back and watch it and appreciate what it is now. And I think that I like so much where they took these characters that I love that I almost don't care to see them at their starting point. I care to see them at their fully fleshed out, most like Buzz Lightyear. Like I would obviously rather watch season four of the office than I would season one of the office. I don't need to introduce these characters. I love anymore. I know. I just, I want to watch what I like. Okay. Ryan, how about you? Uh, uh, one, three, one, three, four, and two. Okay. Is that from wow. least least favorite or from favorite to least favorite? Favorite to least favorite. Okay. But I mean, like I said, all of all of these movies are standing on the same pedestal. It's just which one's you know genetically higher than the other one. Like yeah. I don't know how else to explain that. I mean, okay, yeah. Like I love the first one because of what it is, and mm-hmm. I like it for the opposite reason that Devin doesn't like it. I have no problem watching it for. I mean. It, I, I still play PlayStation 2, Viv, uh, PlayStation 2 games and Sega Dreamcast games, and I deal with the blocky faces. It doesn't bother me because I like what it is. Yeah. Um, and then 3 and 4 are just, I love the storyline, I love the characters, I, I love the arcs, and 2, I still like. It's just, there's not that much in it for me at this point, but okay. I'll watch it a lot. I'll watch okay. it. <laughs> Mine, favorite to least favorite, will probably be... Two, one, four, 
Wow, two's at the top of yours, huh? Yeah. I just Tell me. um I enjoy it. Part of it is because it, it's one that I saw the most. Um mm-hmm. and we played the video we had the video game for it, so that's also part of yeah. it. But I, I really like the whole uh Woody's roundup aspect of everything, the buzz and the gang at the toy store, all of that I really enjoy. Um one just holds such a special place in my heart. Uh, I, I put four before three because I feel like I'll rewatch this one mostly because of the key and peel stuff before I'll watch Toy Story 3 with the incinerator because mm. it's been 10 years and I still haven't gone back to revisit that movie. So wait, three is 10 years old. Yeah. 2010. Oh my gosh. Ew. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like four years old. If you said four, I'd have believed you. Nope. 10. Wow! Ew. No, but so so the incinerator scene was it too much for you? I mean, I like I've seen it once. I don't need to see that again. I there was nothing in three that really stuck out to me as super memorable. Like Buzz speaks English. I guess Michael Keaton as the Ken doll was good, but I guess because Hasbro is making a Barbie movie, they didn't let them use those characters again. Um, oh. So, yeah, there's just, I can't remember anything in three that really jumped out to me that would make me want to watch it again, but I'll watch one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost watched three again before this, but just didn't have the time because that was before everything shut down. I mean, the, I mean, because to me, like, there's a ton of stuff that's, there's a ton of stuff in three that jumps out to me as being like, you know, that's uh it stands out to me and part of it has to do with the the age difference between one kindergarten room i mean the other the monkey security guard i enjoy like (laughs) like, i did i did enjoy three don't get me wrong but i just don't have the connection to it that i do with one and two because i remember before three came out they re-released one and two in 3d remastered and i took my little brother to go see that because he was still a little kid at that point so he was, I took my eight-year-old brother to go see those movies, and we had a blast. So like, I think that's part of the reason that, that will, those two stick out for me above three. and like not, Nothing against three. I'm not saying it, it's a horrible Pixar sequel. We all know the worst one is Cars 2. But yes. Like, um, <laughs> Preach. Um, yeah, three just... If you put the four Toy Story movies in front of me on a streaming service, I'm going to watch one and two before I watch three or four. But if I had to watch three or four, I'd probably pick four before that. Yeah. Okay. So you brought up a good point. So there's, we're all probably watching it on Disney plus because we all have it. How much of the stuff around this have you guys watched? So there is lamp life, which is the story of Bo Peep from, I think two until, until this movie. Uh, and then they came out with a series of shorts called like Forky asks or like it's a Forky like asks questions. I've thing. seen I've seen the the buttons for them. I have not watched them yet. I did not okay. know that's what Lamp Life was. I will probably check that out maybe tonight. Okay, then I'm not gonna tell you what it was. Ryan, did you see any of them? I I never watch any of that stuff. Oh no. No, because I mean to me like the shorts and stuff like that. Like they've always like it. it Disney has always done stuff like that. Like, Beating the Beast came out, and then, like, two, maybe two and a half years later, you go to the store, and then you find all these, like, side stories to all of the characters yeah. from Beating the Beast. Like, Disney's always done stuff like that since uh, uh, since the 90s. And I've always seen that as, like, oh, that's for, like, parents who have kids that love these movies. They don't have to keep on watching the same thing over and over and over again. This is stuff that the kids can watch that's different, at least. I mean... And I, and I know that that's not it. I know that that's not why they made them. They made them because they needed to make money, and it's stuff that they can expand upon, expand on for kids and and everything. So I just mm-hmm. I saw it as kid stuff. Like it's stuff that's directed at you know at the ten year old that really likes the movie. I think so like, it yeah. never really interests me to watch. When it, when it, if if the lamp life thing is just Bo Peep's story between two and four. I feel like that's just a story that they wanted to tell, but it just didn't fit in the context of the movie. So they made it its own yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, like 
I like the Toy Story shorts that they've done because after three they released mm-hmm. a few of them, uh, yeah. and I watched a few of them when they were on like thirty thirty nights of Halloween or whatever. Um, but I haven't gone through and watched them all. There is a short film that kind of just pisses me off that came out in the last year that I want to talk to you guys about. Which one? Um, so for Spider-Man Far From Home, they came out with a short film, which is Peter Parker going to get his passport and everything. Okay. Which is all stuff that was in the trailers for for Spider-Man Far From Home. So they pretty much just cut this whole sequence from the movie and called it a short film. Like, it's everything he does before his trip. And I'm like, that's not a short film. That's just deleted scenes that you no. put together with a Michael Giacchino score. Which I'll watch. Yeah, that's Because weird. I'm all for that, but still... I don't know. I, in general, I like, so I'll watch everything that Pixar releases. That's a short because I think Pixar shorts are of a pretty high quality. Like on Disney plus, they do those spark short things. And if you guys haven't seen some of those spark shorts, you need to watch those. They're so good. What are those? Um, spark shorts are like, you know how some Pixar movies will have a short in front of it. Like they'll like play a little bit of something. It's, it's them, but not the ones that are in front of the movies. They just let them do like let them do shorts based on whatever they want. See, those um, are the ones that I'm interested in watching. Yeah, those are so good. Yeah, the ones that are like so like here. I'll give you an example. I know that Toy Story is a kid movie to begin with, so I know saying that oh those things are for kids is kind of silly because we're talking about Toy Story four, which is a kids movie. But anyway, whenever I see any of these shorts that they do for like Toy Story or like the other Pixar films, I mm. automatically connect that to like the shorts they made for like Frozen. Yeah. Oh, got it. So like that. So I mean, like that's why I don't watch those because I put mm. all of these like short things that they did for Cars and Airplanes and Frozen, and then when I see a short for like Toy Story Four, I automatically mentally like lock that into the same category as those. I think the biggest difference you can tell between the shorts is if it has the Pixar label on it, it's going to have more quality than it if it was just the Disney animated short. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I know right. it's. They just if it's those spark shorts, the ones that they show prior yeah. to the movies, like yeah. the one that they did with the uh oh what was it called? The one with the uh the family, the son, Bow. Their dumplings. Oh Bow. Bow. Like stuff like that, yes, I wanna watch. But if it's gonna be like a short about Mr. Potato Head trying to find his nose under the bed, no, I don't want I don't care about that. <laughs> Like, well, the, that's why I don't the, watch the themed ones based off the movies. The if Toy it's Story the, ones. Like, independent, like, if, like an, an, if it's the independent ones, yes, I'll watch those. But if it's, like, yeah. the ones that are based off the films, no. The Toy Story ones <laughs> I was talking about are, like, 20-minute shorts that are standalone stories. One has to do with, like, Rex in the bathtub. One is, like, a Halloween horrors thing. Oh, yeah. There's a dinosaur one. Yeah, those are fun. Yes. I yeah. I like them. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Those they just don't interest. And me. I had to look it up because I, I yeah I know Tom Hanks doesn't do all of the voices for Woody, so I had to look it up and make sure that he does the voices for Woody in that. So yeah. Uh, so then I have a quick question. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but do you know what the short is before up uh, before onward? No. Do you want me to ruin it for you? I mean, as soon as that comes out that? on VOD, I'm going to rent it. But you can go ahead and tell me. Uh, they do a Simpson short. <gasps> what? Cool. I'm going yeah. to the movie theater. That... Oh. Oh, we they... can't. That's they... why I felt it was okay <laughs> to do it. Because they like show like the silhouette of Mickey, and then they like shine the light on it, and it's Homer Simpson's face with two donuts where the ears are. Is it a Homer thing? It... It's, a, it's a Maggie thing. They did another Maggie one? That's great. They did another Maggie one. Yeah, it was, I it a... was so surprising. Oh. I had a feeling they might have... I had a feeling that they might do something like that after I saw the one advertisement on Facebook that I loved for Disney Plus, and it was Bart Simpson walking over in the Mickey Mouse suit going, do I really have to do this? Because they just bought our <laughs> brand or something. And Homer's like, shut up and put the hat on. <laughs> like, that was a perfect advertisement for Disney Plus. Oh, and I'm man. so happy that they incorporated the Simpsons into that. I that, love that. That's amazing. I'm so, oh, yeah. man. I was so shocked. I was like, oh, if, man, Alan's going to love this. This comes out next week, but if Disney does the Universal thing or if we're releasing the movies before then, I'm I'm yeah. getting that. Like, I'm renting that for a day. Because you figure for, you for me and my wife to watch it, like, 20 bucks for a movie, that's that's what it would cost for us to go to the movie theater anyway. So, 
and we get to stay home. So, So, yeah, speaking of that, of what you just said, Alan, we can touch on this very... I I don't want to touch on it too much because this is going to come out a week from now and a lot can change. So say what you're going to say. I know, I know. Well, all I want to say is that do you guys think that all of these changes with these studios releasing films to be rented on 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 Amazon and the amount of money that they're probably going to see from doing this type of stuff do you think this is going to permanently change the way movies are released no i i don't think it's going to be as extreme as it is now i think if anything it shortens the window for home release i think it's going to add a stage of it'll be theatrical release and then 2 months down the line you'll get the rent from home for $20 and then you'll get the buy for however much mm-hmm. and then you'll get the di- the disc release and home release like and be able to rent okay. it for like 5 bucks. If anything yeah, that's what that's we... what it will change. I think it'll add a step, but I don't think overall it's going to change the way they add movie release movies. I think in the short term, yes. I think for the next year, I wouldn't be surprised if Black Wid- Black Widow went out to Disney Plus. So it makes yeah. sense. Cuz I mean because with the way that these studios are doing this, I was because was I read that like right now it's ninety days between the end of theatrical release to when you can start like renting it mm-hmm. on like Amazon. I was thinking since they're pushing that up, I was wondering about you know like the amount of money that they'll be seeing. Maybe if they'll make it sixty days or maybe thirty days instead of the ninety days. I can so where, like, see that, that might be a honestly. permanent thing going forward to like the end of theatrical release. So like the last day it's shown in theaters, instead of waiting 90 days to have it be able to be rented, like having the 90 day gap, it gets shortened to 60 or 30 days. And then they just follow the normal trail. I don't think it's going to happen because the movie studios and the theater chains have been terrified of this happening. Like yeah. I, I think the theaters have been terrified of the theaters or, or the studios putting the movies out on home video as quickly as they are right now. I think the fact that they're doing it is because they know they're going to lose a lot of money over the next month, few months that they yeah. are, they're just like any way we can recoup anything that we spent, we need to do. And I think Disney's in an okay place because they made, they had, what was it? Eight movies last year that broke a billion dollars. Yeah, so, they're fine. Yeah, they're <laughs> fine. Between them not like they can, they can afford to release everything that they came out with come out with this year on Disney Plus and still be okay. Yeah. So That's true though. If anything, there's probably more people subscribing to Disney Plus right now than there was before, so they're going to be making all of that money too every. I'm calling it now. If yeah. HBO Go is not HBO Max is not out in the next 3 weeks, I'll be surprised. You think they're going to release it early? I think so cuz this is that's if they can get their text to get the codings right i mean i'm pretty sure it's already in beta for yeah. some people they just gotta get on it and it's not going to be a superior product to disney plus but i'm pretty sure if they can yeah. get it out soon they will same with nbc yeah, universal yeah. like i'm surprised quibi like that 10 minute thing is not like you're going to see all these these streaming services come out and i guarantee they're going to have extended free trials it's it's a weird time we're living right. in and it is yeah and then there's the Tom Hanks of it all, which I don't want to get into, but I hope he hope he hope he has a speedy recovery. He's yes. out of the hospital. Is he out? Of, he's out of the good, hospital. Good, good. He's quarantined at home with his. He's wife. out of the hospital. Did he? Did he? Kristen uh, read the article. Yeah, like they released him three hours. Yeah, ago. they released him yesterday. Um, yeah. I hope he brought Wilson with him. Oh, I, I saw that. That was awesome. I hope they didn't. He, he didn't. needs to have that framed. <laughs> but then he has to def- deflate it, unless he gets like a shadow box. Shadow, so. shadow box, a okay. shadow frame, one hundred percent, or a bust. You get a pedestal, Ooh. put them up, a bust. Classy. All right. So any, the way Tom Hanks would do it. Any uh, <laughs> final thoughts on Toy Story Four before we wrap this up? I think I liked it. I mean, I know I liked it. It was a good movie, and honestly, I just love the characters and love spending time with them. I think some characters were underrepresented that I would have liked to see more of. But I think that the new characters that they added into it definitely gave it its own unique thing. Okay. So I think I like it. Ryan? I definitely like Toy Story 4. Um, if they made a Toy Story 5, I would watch that. <laughs> um, uh, I definitely feel that this movie... I mean, if they want to make it, they can make it. 
Okay. I don't really feel like they made one too many, but I also want to see a continuation of the puck that they referenced in the very first Toy Story and they never alluded to ever again, and I feel sad for them. And I want to know more about the hockey I, puck. I love that joke. Hey, watch it, you hockey puck. What are you looking puck. at? <laughs> what, <laughs> um, what are you looking at, you puck? <laughs> what are you looking <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Toy Story 4. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to make you guys watch for next week. Um, oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a doozy. I don't know what it's what it's gonna be yet, but I feel like I had one lined up for you guys. But it's not gonna be an Oscar movie. We're gonna we're gonna go back a bit. We're gonna step Good. away from the Oscars Good. from this year for a little bit until probably until Parasite comes out on Hulu and everyone watches it at once. So, um, yeah, I think that does it for you. Have to watch this podcast. Um, make sure to like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to us, uh, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Podbean, or Stitcher Radio. We're anywhere you can find podcasts, pretty much. If we're not there, let us know and we'll make it happen. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and if you have any requests, feel free to email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. I got through it all in one take this week, boys. Yeah. Didn't oh, write it I'm down so at proud all. Of you. Um, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And take it away, Randy Newman. I can't live. I can't live. I can't live. Throw yourself away. I can't live. I can't live.